Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick Thomas. Alongside with me, as always, the wonderful, beautiful, glorious Dr. Robin Hall. <laughs> I am. I'm beside you. There's a little pause in there. I, 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 uh, <laughs> it was like, all right, wait for it, wait for it, Dr. Robin Hall. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wonder if people were curious if you were sitting next to me or not. Yeah. I could have been introducing somebody else. Who knows? I know. But only... We should totally do that. Like, sometimes the Generation Y podcast and uh, True Crime Garage, they, like, switch. They, like, trade partners. They, like, Mm -hmm. wife swap. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If we ever do that, you should totally introduce the next person the same way and then just surprise everybody. And everybody, you know, our audience is smart, right? Everybody knows those attributes belong to you. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's so nice. Merry Christmas. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Um, Well, yes. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Um, Thanksgiving is over. Yeah. Did you have a good one? I should tell you guys when we recorded this. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Right right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right, right after Black Friday, all that stuff, all that madness. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good shopping experience if you did go shopping amongst Uh, the madness at all. I did not. Me either. I usually don't. I did do a couple of Cyber Monday Christmas present things for Toby. Yeah. Peacock, but even that, not not much. Peacock was giving away a subscription for ninety nine cents that I oh. failed to capitalize on. I don't know why I did that. Well, that's an know. interesting uh, marketing. I was like, "Ooh, wrestling's on there." That's what I said. Oh yeah, <laughs> they also show all the World Cup yeah. for anyone that is interested. In, yeah, I've and been I've been I watching like Peacock. I use it a yeah. lot. I've been watching the World Cup on and off. James yeah. watches it. Yeah. Well, yeah. he did. Wa- yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I, I've been watching it on and off. Now, Scotland, I'm sorry, they didn't make it into the World <laughs> Didn't the United States and England just tie? Uh, something something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, again, this is going to date exactly when we're recording. And to be honest, I usually watch Mexico and they they just lost. So. Oh. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just grew up in, uh, amongst a, a lot of people that loved uh, Mexico's team. So I've oh, always yeah. been interested. Yeah. Um, and, I did uh, not grow up in a football watching family. Yeah, you know, and, and when teams lose, I don't feel that uh, I care as, as much as one like uh, like let's say American football or anything. <laughs> oh no, for me it's basketball. It's yeah, like, same I'm thing. Phoenix when the Suns, when the oh, Suns lose, I'm you know like I'm like it like it, yeah. it like causes me physical pain. Yeah, yeah, for like just that ten minutes. What are you thinking? You well, know, like, no, ten minutes. I'm like get should, rid of that guy. Get rid I, of Aiden. I don't know why he's still on the team. I'm like yelling at the TV. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, entire yeah, game. Too, yeah, my too. mom is even worse. My yeah. little sweet darling Christian, yeah. Christ-loving mom is. <laughs> it's like, who are you? Oh, we grew up with the Suns, man. They've yeah. always been here, and in the '90s, they were always good. We just have yeah. such. We have so many amazing players, and it's like, come on. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we found uh, our winning streak again. Um, yeah, because there was a little bit of there. We we're like, man, you know what happened to the. What happened to the Suns? What happened to my team well, from the 90s I, that I always had a winning no, record? No, even from last year. Yeah. Lord help us. But um, we should have won. We I've been get, I just kind of get Google updates on my phone because we don't have cable mm-hmm. and we don't pay f- like YouTube TV's heinous right, monthly right. feed to get there. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, like I only really get to watch games when I'm over at my mom's and right. mooching her cable from her. So but I do get like score updates. And so, yeah. That actually probably helps my blood pressure a little bit not watching <laughs> the games. But anyway. 
Well, enough with the light banter. Um, <laughs> we do have uh, we do have housekeeping. Uh, you can uh, contact us at uh, a couch divided podcast at gmail.com with your questions. We are getting them. Uh, we had an influx of message. We will get to you yeah. in time. And then if we don't, um, I also want to let you know that when you uh, email a topic or anything, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, we yeah. write it down. We and we do. It's we've got like a giant master list going and most of the time we get to read through messages a lot sooner than we get to respond to them. So yeah, we know there's like this weird etiquette that exists among like text culture, but please don't take any of it personally. We will get back to you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And we so appreciate it. So please. Yeah. So keep them coming. Uh, Make sure to, uh, uh, to uh, keep commenting uh, on our uh, episodes and, um, and rate us on iTunes and Spotify. We love that. Share our stuff. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at a couch divided pod, both the same names yes. on both platforms. So it's easy to find us. We're here for you. Uh, we thank you for being here for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. We love you guys. Yeah. Um, so this is part two of our spiritual attack series that ended up being a series. We originally played to do one episode, but right. after we had talked for how long was the first part? Like about an hour, an hour and 10. Oh hour yeah. 15. We yeah. figured we yeah. would just not overwhelm everyone. Right. Right. We had a lot of scripture to go through, um, uh, as well. well in and that we first still one. kind of do. And we little. still kind of do there, you know, there is some complicated, you know, categories when we talk about spiritual warfare. I is, think this is yeah. an extremely complex topic. I feel right. like, when I think about the future of our podcast, I see us returning here several times as we grow in sanctification, as we grow in understanding and as God, you know, reveals things to us through scripture, this is a really complicated and it's a heavy topic. Right. And it's real and we can't, we don't get the luxury of just ignoring it because we don't want to deal with it. And how confused that, that we get sometimes because we, oh, you know, the Bible does say that we're sinful as well. Oh yeah. And uh, it's like, where, where does my responsibility for this begin and end? And where does a spiritual attack begin? Yeah. Or do we all lump it into one big thing? You know, you know, one thing that actually solves it for me, and we mentioned this in the prior episode, but I want to mention it again is, you know, God has said what is good and right and true in his word. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we go, we go, well, is Satan making me doing this? I I don't think that the Bible ever gives you an out because Satan is tempting you or Satan is there. Right. Well, I mean, mean, in fact, it's the opposite of that. Right. Right. And because, you know, Satan can say one thing, but hath God not said already. Right. And so you're always responsible. I don't care how much spiritual warfare you're, 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 you're enduring here. God has already said, right. You're not, you're never excused in your sin. Right. 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 Never excused in your sin at all. Right. The sin that drove Christ right, right. to the cross. <laughs> exactly. You're never excused in that. Yeah. And so there, if, if anybody's confused about what your responsibility is and in that, just understand that God has already said mm-hmm. and that nothing, no, uh, no physical or immaterial part of creation, you know, um, will ever be able to actually trump what God has said. Right. And so therefore you have a duty and a responsibility to submit to that only. Right. And so now how do you endure spiritual warfare so that you can, well, you can do that, you know what right. I mean? So we need to be aware of the enemy. We need to be aware of spiritual attacks. We need to be able to, we mentioned false prophets in the last episode. Yes. We need to be aware of those things. And the Bible does describe them in, in detail. And then the last episode, we went into detail about some of those well, things. Well, right. And I think what I'm, one of the things that I am gaining from all of this is that I need to, the one of the ways that I protect myself is by becoming versed right. in how the enemy, who the enemy is right. and how an attack, right. Or that warfare might play out mm-hmm. in my life. Right. So it's, it's almost like developing a filter that mm-hmm. allows you to read circumstances through that lens. Right. Um, I also will say at I think this is really important. At the end of the day, it ultimately really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're supposed to be clinging to Christ regardless of what the suffering that we are experiencing, right? right? Um, but we want to be wise and we want to be smart. And there is a difference, you know, between 
we're going to talk about this in a little more detail here in um, a few minutes, but somebody right. who might be experiencing a real neurological disturbance, like a, a sleep paralysis, a, right. a quote unquote sleep paralysis attack right. that could be treated with medication and not be experiencing that, right. you know, anymore uh, versus somebody who's, you know, kind of in the Hollywood way that we imagine it being mm-hmm. oppressed by some demon in their bedroom at night. Right. So there is real physiological things that can happen to you naturally. Yeah. Um, that may cause a disturbance. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, as you try to submit to God dealing with those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is the spiritual warfare and the attacks that right. we have. And I, I'm almost, I'm, I'm going to go on the limb and maybe you would agree is that even when you're experiencing those physiological things, um, you know, the devil would capitalize right. on that as and you, well. You, you still know. need to flee to the same place. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm counseling individuals that are, are suffering physiologically and neurologically even. Um, and um, they get tempted all the time. They're uh, wanting to submit to those temptations more so because of the, the angst that they have in their body and the mind. And the devil's right there to go, yeah, do it. And so, man, it's a complex, uh, a, a very uh, complex world that they may live in when dealing with those things. And the, the Bible always gives the same remedy. So the same hope that I would give to them is the same hope I would give to another individual with a, less, a lesser angst, uh, which is why I love God's word, because it's straightforward, black and white all the way through. And so you rightly divide that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. So I think uh, you were really getting ready to kind of go over some of the attributes. Well, you just mentioned, you know, the Hollywood persona uh-huh. of Satan. What do we think about Satan when, you know, when, when Hollywood approaches or even in medieval times when they were painting Satan, you know, uh, you know, Oh man, some of those are so awesome. Oh yeah. Really ugly, <laughs> demonic, uh, with uh, horns or a goat head, <laughs> you know, and in, in medieval times, the reason why they actually uh, drew those things is because they understood uh, <laughs> Satan as actually being prideful. So if you mock him by making him ugly, when the Bible describes him beautiful, you're hurting him. It actually made sense, at least if you had that perspective. But then as generations go on, they start to think that that's actually what what they thought about Satan, uh, right. what they actually made him look like. And it gets lost in translation, right? It's a good movie. Uh, it gets lost uh-huh. in translation. And um, and then, yeah, uh, then all of a sudden you just think he's, you know, uh, a big red guy who bounces around with, you know, horns and, and it's just, uh, or he's the opposite of God. He's in hell. He's the ruler of hell and stuff yeah, like that. And there's uh, a lot of, um, trust me, Satan doesn't want to go there either. There's, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of content available for you to yeah. consume that kind of plays on this whole story. Right. We mentioned the last episode, you know, uh, I think I made an allusion to the, uh, uh, the movie, the exorcist, you know, the head spinning around yeah. and, you know, you're spitting out pea soup and things like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, uh, and all those those things are not the reality of what he looks like or his attributes, but I would say metaphorically, the darkness that represents, yeah, is entirely Satan. Sure, kind of thing like that. sure. A dark individual, right? A tempter, an accuser, who I just, I just said, he doesn't care about your physiological condition. He will capitalize on sure. that and cause you to sin against exploit. God. Yeah, and exploit you and, uh, uh, to, uh, and tempt you. Um, he will lie to you and uh, accuse you in front of God, mm-hmm. um, which is really, uh, really important to get the gospel. But then what does he look like? Is he smart? Is he dumb? Um, is he uh, impatient? Is he prideful? Um, whatever way you want to describe Satan, let's take your sinful atmosphere out of it and then understand <laughs> what uh, the Bible says. Cause a lot of the times when we want to personify something, we bring ourselves into it mm-hmm. or how we want, uh, that to be portrayed, which is exactly Hollywood's problem or even the medieval times. I think they yeah. do a great job. Well, not, not everyone, but they they have done in some instances, a fine job of capturing like the essence of right. some of those, the darkness. Yeah. Like I said, the darkness uh-huh. in there. Oh yeah. I mean, how many times have you watched a scary movie and then shut off the lights and then ran to your room mm-hmm. because the boogeyman was going to get you. Oh kind yeah. Of thing, you know? yeah. Yeah. And uh, you don't think the devil capitalizes on that too sure. as well. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. But, so here's, but here's the thing as a saved 
believing Christian, you can only have a healthy respect for those things, right? but not a fear of them because Christ won. Christ won. Right. Like I, the vic- the victory, it happened already. So you, <laughs> there is not room for Jesus plus Satan right. to indwell your body. Right. That doesn't mean, I know we talked about this in the last episode, but I feel like we should reiterate it. You don't need to be afraid in that way. Mm-hmm. You can actually just enjoy. This is why I love horror. One of the reasons, because when I look at stuff like this, my, knee jerk my reflexive response to it now mm-hmm. as a christian is jesus has that yeah um but yeah so it's not like these dirty ratty like rotting decay nun type demon right that right. like that is totally hollywood and it you know can be really effective with at, an upside down cross tattoo in the middle of the forehead right or something being like really that. scary yeah um and but and you should like if you like that then you should just enjoy it for that yeah. right but that but you're right when we tend to project art, right? What yeah. we've experienced onto like our idea of who the devil is, who right. Satan is. Right. Um, and I think part of... There's a whole pathology that goes into right. that, right? Right, right? I mean, that's what we're saying. We probably right? do that in a lot of areas, not just here. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually important that we know what scripture, what God tells us about. The devil, it's, he's real. Well, I mean, the best thing to know is to know your enemy when right. you're going to fight, right? So he tells us to put on the armor of God. Right. I do believe that we read that in the last episode. And in describing what that means and how to be ready for those the attacks. The breastplate of righteousness right. or something uh, like that. Uh, That's gives, in Ephesians 6, guys. Right. Jesus gives an example of his dialogue with Satan in the wilderness, too, as well. Satan knows scripture, right? So he's knowledgeable in the things that, uh, well, may he may outdo us in knowledge, <laughs> As oh, far as, yeah, 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 actually, yeah. I, I mean, I know you're joking, but but not really. Yeah, right. I, like, that's that's really, a reality. That's really yeah. important. Like, right. And and that's one of the things that can be used to manipulate. Like that that is the right. first manipulation that happens in the garden anyway. Right. He suggests that they might know better right. than God. Right. And uh, and sometimes because of uh, your own understanding, your lack of knowledge, you may even Pride, think it's right. Fear. Pride, fear. Um, or just plain Doubt. error, right? Doubt. This is why we need to read the word to, you know, to combat with those things. This is what Jesus showed us. Anytime Satan quoted scripture at Jesus, uh, Jesus quoted the right context back. Um, you know, uh, he, uh, uh, Satan quoted one of my favorite Psalms, mm-hmm. Psalm 91. Yeah. Um, and Psalm 91 uh, talks about God being your refuge uh, in that, uh, in, in the times of judgment. Um, and uh, he told Jesus to cast himself off the uh, off this mountain. It says that he will not let your foot strike against a stone, and he will lift you up with many angels and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus goes, yep. And uh, also the word says, do not test. Right, do God. not test God. Right, right. Oh, God will do this because Psalm 91 says this so I can jump off a ledge. That's not what the context is. You know what I mean? If you have thou shalt. And he, uh, so Jesus did exegesis right there. He made sure that, he, you know, in order to understand that verse, you also have to understand the whole counsel of God. Right. So it's not just reading a scripture and going, oh, this is it. Uh, it's from Genesis to Revelation, which he, well, Jeff Durbin just gave a brilliant sermon, I know. So um, great. you know, uh, of going uh, over the whole counsel of God and describing the nature and who the Messiah is, even from the Old Testament. Right. Because Jesus said himself from Moses mm-hmm. to the prophets, this was, uh, this was prophesied that I would die, bury uh, get buried and resurrect again. You should have known these things. Right. You, you should have known I mean? that's what was going to happen. Can I, I'm so sorry. Cause that was such a deep and important thought, but it's been cloudy here all day. And the clouds apparently outside have parted because right now there is a beam of light streaming behind Nick Thomas's head mm-hmm. and illuminating him. Like he has a halo. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and I just really wish you all could see it. <laughs> It's weird as I'm describing Satan. <laughs> I, that's why I had to comment on it because 
of the ironic juxtaposition there. Well, that actually encourages me because uh, we had a conversation before this and I was talking to you about some anxiety and things like that, <laughs> which we'll get into later uh, on uh, the podcast. And I'm like, all right, God's got me. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Let the light in. I'm glad you're seeing this. You take a picture. Um, oh, yeah. I guess but, I could try and take But we want to describe some of the attributes of Satan. So, you know, is Satan in the Old Testament? Yes, of course he's in the, the Old Testament. He's, he's in the... Uh, Genesis, we see him in Genesis, obviously, um, tempting Adam and Eve. Uh, we see him in the book of Isaiah. We see him in the book of Job. We see him in the book of Ezekiel as well. And Ezekiel actually describes him. Um, well, I, I'll read the verse. It's Ezekiel 28, starting in verse 11. He compares him to the king of Tyre, which Tyre was a, 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 a very mainland of trading and war and, um, you know, and economic prosperity, they were, well, they were legit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They, they were the, the king among kings uh, uh, in uh, in that time, right? T-Y-R-E, tire. Yeah, tire. Right? Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm uh, sorry, Nick. Not car have... tire. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel what? Ezekiel 28. Well, uh, it started in verse 11 oh, here. Okay. And um, I'll read this. And he goes, again, the word of Yahweh came to me saying, son of man, Take up a lamentation of the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, You had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald. And the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as a profane, as profane from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was lofty because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. By the abundance of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. Therefore, I have brought out fire from the midst of you. It has consumed you. And I have turned you to ashes on the earth and in the eyes of all who see you and all who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have become terrified and you will cease to be forever. And so that's pretty heavy if you're going to call the king of Tyre Satan. (laughs) But notice that in the beginning it says that you were in the garden, right? You were in the garden, uh, the uh, Eden, the garden of God, right? And so all the attributes that follow here after this are the, really the attributes of Satan. He's an anointed cherub who covers, uh, 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 who covers or guards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are on the holy mountain of God, right? Um, you were actually righteous until the day that there was unrighteousness found in you. It says he, he was blameless into that. It says he's sinned and was full, uh, filled with violence, Right, and he sinned. Uh, his uh, iniquities grew as his um, uh, from the overflow of his splendor, his pride, his mm, presence. Right, yeah. and that he was actually beautiful. This sounds like the opposite mm-hmm. of what Hollywood says. This sounds like the ho- uh, the opposite of what medieval paintings say about Satan. Uh, that he's a prideful, but also full of splendor and beauty and mm-hmm. wisdom, but also violence. And sinning, um, and um, and well, and like you already brought up, if you're going to take the word of the medieval artist, uh, phallic, lots of phallic. Yeah, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that I'm like a third grader, and I can't help but giggle at this stuff because you guys know, obviously, mm-hmm. how much I love classic art memes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've been around for even yeah, like a you day, keep posting them. <laughs> you, know, you know that, right? So I look at this stuff all the time. And there's like a whole handful of these that I like can't post because they're just next level yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and most of them are like Satan with just fa- like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. Full of uh, sexual violence yeah. and or impurities. Tempting right. too. Right, like right. there's that part, I guess. Which shows you, you know, about, you know, what was going on. Well, I mean, it still goes on today uh, with the... Uh, uh, how much uh, you know human beings indulge in that kind right. of activity? How much influence sex has on right. people? And so the destruction that that causes, you know, why wouldn't right. we attribute also, disclaimer, that to Satan? I am so. not an art historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm making some assumptions mm-hmm. about this me- medieval art. And there's nothing new under um, the sun. You're good. Well, I'm just saying, like, there may be somebody out there who knows in why more yeah. pointed detail the history behind some of that. But right. Um, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think it it makes sense that, yeah. that he would be portrayed that way yeah. as and a tempter. Have we really, tra- you know, um, you know, have changed much? Now we capitulate to the idea that the, those things are good, whereas before Cult- culturally, yeah, yeah, culturally, whereas before, yeah, those things were still going on, and it but was at least, tabo- right, yeah, taboo. it was taboo. It, you, you don't do that, you know what I mean? Right. And of course, you're gonna equivocate destruction to Satan, and then uh, I don't know, possibly draw it out and kind of thing. But yeah, there's probably a more poignant detail of why they did. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and any, any of you guys that do have any art history uh, training, I could go the rest of my life without knowing. I'm, cu- <laughs> I'm curious, so you can you can let me know if you yeah, if you do yeah. know. Um, but actually, so you said like we associate you just said uh, Satan with destruction, and I think that is the next point we want to come to because mm-hmm. it first and foremost like abandon any pre conceived notion that makes Satan look like the nun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, that's just inaccurate. Right. Um, do you remember Mel Gibson's Satan from passion of the Christ? Yes. Oh, so creepy. Yeah. Very and creepy. Well done. Um, yeah. but like, I think it's less important that you guys, that we are imagining like a face mm-hmm. on Satan really, mm-hmm. and be much more concerned with, like how he would manipulate you mm-hmm. and tempt you um, uh, because that's how it's going to manifest in your life anyway. Yeah, the it's most- really unlikely that you're going to be suddenly confronted with mm-hmm. the devil himself. The most accurate depiction uh, uh, in that movie was not that, that creepy guy like staring at him in the, um, in the crowd though. Oh, the passion you mean? Yeah. In the passion of the Christ. But is when, you know, there was a moment where there was a snake and Jesus crushed the head of the oh, snake. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was actually proud that he put that in the movie because he is Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of Roman Catholics, not all of them, that uh, have Mary crushing the head uh, of the serpent. Um, because obviously it's the offspring of Mary that does that. Yeah. So they misinterpreted it. But the the high... Um, deification that they want to give Mary in there. So I was proud that he actually was pretty, pretty darn theologically accurate accurate in in that. Now, I'm not saying that the whole movie was theologically accurate. I'm just saying that right there. What's funny too, I will admit it's, I only saw it one time and I was like 16, 17 or 18 when I saw it. So well before I was a Christian. So the first time I saw it, I was not a Christian, didn't care. Yeah. Um, I just thought, I was like, well, I um, this is a again, man getting so. tortured for two and a half hours. I guess he did a good job on that. You know, that's what I thought at the, at yeah. the first. I, I, I was shocked by the violence of it. Mm-hmm. But I, again, mm-hmm. it, it didn't have any significance. Now me personally. either. I watched everybody cry. I watched my mom cry oh my over gosh. it. In you the know, theater people started wailing. Yeah, like wailing. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. all right, all right, whatever. And, uh, and then the second time I watched it, I was a Christian. Uh, with lack of theology, okay. and I was just watching it because I thought it was a Christian movie, kind of thing. <laughs> and I mean, it can be. Sure, um, sure. Um, but then now that I look back and I, I remember vividly all the scenes, and I go, I wouldn't have gone there. I wouldn't have gone there. See, I don't have such an right. sharp memory of it. And I'm really, I'm not a Presbyterian, but I, I'm really reformed at heart. I don't like images of Christ. That's just in my conviction. I, I, I do, I see, you yeah. know. So I, I, I don't want to employ that as a dogma. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not my God, you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've found out who my God was through faith and worship. And so when I see a picture of him, I'm like, that's not him. I, yeah. I know that you're trying to do that. And if you're not worshiping that image, fine. But yeah. it's just, it's not my God. So, so there was, there's something about me that gets offended on that. I don't know if I have to work through that or that's just something that's going to be in my mind. Uh, but what I have worked through is not to dogmatize uh, something like that. But that is actually a, a pretty good point uh, because we do have, uh, a lot of us have theological indifferences. 
um, and Satan can get over there in dissension. He says it causes violence in the in the scripture uh, that we just read, and that he's division, prideful division. and division. A lot of that can be through gossip. You know, um, right. So, and, what, like, what would Satan seek to divide, to divide, to destroy? Yeah, and right. I mean, we see such a practical manifestation of this in our culture, mm-hmm. and it's working, guys. Like mm-hmm. the family church like the like from the inside out eating it from the inside out Mm. right because the first thing that you do is establish that a family can be anything right well mm, no yeah a family is who who, you know god has described (laughs) the family reflection of jesus and his unity every time you decide that what your idea right Mm -hmm. is is better and more true than what scripture said you are making yourself god Right. Mm-hmm. And that what is that a violation of everything? Right. And this could be a, a test of sanctification for you, too, as well. If you're noticing something in, you know, in the world that you live in that you say it's a better idea if I do this. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what the Bible says. First of all, you're wrong because your conscience is already, uh, you know, hell bent against God's word. And second of all, you may be understanding the passage incorrectly. Right. There's some people that I know that have the right idea but they think the Bible says something different and they're still raring. And I go, no, actually the That's, Bible says what you think that you should do, but you're misinterpreting it. So first of all, stop sinning because you thought the Bible said something else. Mm-hmm. Second of all, get your butt in the Bible and make sure that you're actually interpreting correctly because you can get false doctrine into your conscience so deep. Uh, and I think that sometimes, you know, like purity culture or fundamentalists get this into their, you know, you can't play cards with the Joker in there <laughs> or uh, because the Joker represents the devil or you can't dance because of oh, possible no. temptations. No, guys, um, guys, guys. Right, right. It, that's very, fu- especially in Baptist uh, circles, like fundamentalist Baptist circles. And I don't mean to to, uh, <laughs> to no, come no, down no. in any fundamentalist in, here. In, no, no. In but, Christ, what? We are free and free. Yeah, free right. And, and so you know you can discern. Mm-hmm. And so it helps to know God's law. It helps to know like right. what Jesus... Yeah, yes, showed us in the garden. To yeah. know scripture. Yeah, it, Jesus showed us, I keep saying the garden, the wilderness. Um, that he knew scripture from front to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, from, from front to back, from cover to back, right. Um, and, Why did you say uh, from front to cover? <laughs> from front to cover. How I'm like, hilarious. Well, so uh-huh. cover I didn't cover. even, I just knew what you yeah. meant. Yeah, so. from front to cover, from cover to cover. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he knew the whole word of God. He knew that the the ruse of Satan could implement something in there that sounds accurate, that is a technicality, a truth, but positioned in the wrong way for you not to uh, walk according to. Um, and so, yes, would uh, Jesus get saved by God uh, and his foot wouldn't strike against a stone? Of course. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he is allowed to throw himself off a mountain? No. All right. So there is some truth in there. But it's predicated upon lies. It's it's a, it's on a mountain of lies, mm-hmm. and we do this to uh, to ourselves all the time. I do a ministry, uh, I uh, uh, and uh, you know it says to you know not really proclaim your benevolence, right? When you give to the needy, don't sound sure. a trumpet, right? And so I really had that deep into my heart, and you shouldn't tr- sound a trumpet just to be acknowledged by people, right? No, of course, right? But in Matthew five. Just a chapter before that, it says, let your works be known. So if I understood that verse, right, I understood right. that in Matthew 6, when he's talking about giving to the poor, not sounding a trumpet, it's your heart's disposition. Right, right. Or as before, the Matthew 5 is also coming from a heart's disposition to glorify God right. and your works. This is really yeah. clear. All, yeah. it's, it's about... You, you commit adultery you, mm-hmm. in your heart first. You commit mm-hmm. murder in your heart first. Mm-hmm. God is very concerned mm-hmm. with our disposition mm-hmm. towards things, with our motivation, right. with our hearts. So how much more, if God cares about the heart and right. from the overflow of your heart comes the, you know, the fruit of the nature of what you believe and, and stand firm in, um, how much more would Satan go right after that? Mm-hmm. Right. So doubt. dissension and doubt uh, and despair, Satan is actively getting in there to cause those things, and it's from the overflow of the all-encompassing you, your heart. Mm-hmm. He will attack your heart. And I know that seems like a pithy saying, Satan attacks the heart. But really, I mean, when you look at it, God talks about the heart all the time, and righteousness should flow from there. He also talks about your corrupt nature. 
well, of course Satan is going to go and do the opposite of what God says right. um, into the thing that, um, um, you know, makes you you, your your heart, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, um, so he's going to whisper lies. Is he whispering lies into your mind? Yes, to get into your heart. Yeah. <laughs> so you walk accordingly. To, right. Yeah, right. So temptation is not a sin. Obviously, submitting into those temptations is a sin. But he will thrust those things into your heart so that you respond accordingly to your sinful nature. And uh, Jesus said this, nothing that goes into you defiles you, but everything that comes comes out out. of you. And so when we talk about psychology and things like that, I have to keep that understanding when I counsel people as well. Um, And I don't want to sugarcoat it. There's deep complexities in people's uh, pain and trauma and depression and and the things they've been through where I can sympathize, my heart breaks over. You all have friends like that. And maybe you've encountered that, uh, those things yourself. Maybe you're experiencing them right now. But it is about your response to those things that we have to get straightened out. We're right. not discounting your pain. We're just saying, yes, there's pain. And here is how to respond to that pain. And sometimes it's not necessarily to make the pain go away. It's so that you can put it into perspective and not sin against God and then actually have peace in your pain. Right. And then sometimes it does wipe away the pain. Right. right? <laughs> oh, I just need to think differently. Right. Well, that, yeah, of course. But then the other side of it is what actually defiles you, your response to your trauma. And I understand why you responded that way. Right. But the Bible says that you should have responded this way. So we're going to help you do that. You know, we're going to help you filter that out. This is why we need the forgiveness of Christ. And this is why the devil will come in there and accuse you of what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it says, who can bring a charge against you? It's God who justifies the right. elect. It's God who justifies. You need, to, you need to remember that. I have to remember that all the right. time. I'm good at doing that against people who slander me because it's like, eh, mm-hmm. what do they know? You know, they can't condescend right, to me. But you immediately yeah. fall back into the trap of believing that you justify yourself. Yeah. yeah. And that you're responsible for your own justification. Guilty. Yeah. Yep. Guilty. Every single one right. of us, and right? It, um, no wonder we're all pathological, guys. <laughs> like, it's sin. It's so, sin. So you may be wondering, it's like, okay, well, you're a psychology podcast. How is this playing? Well, we we just explained it (laughs) oh my goodness it's all over the place Mm -hmm. you know well and it's scary so you know there are people have uh i I feel like before we launch into any of the sleep paralysis stuff it's this is a really good spot if you want to share your the story that you were telling me okay okay before we started uh recording i feel like that's a really good i loved your worry on that too you're like nick there was so much anxiety (laughs) i didn't explain really detailedly but there was briefly but there was i had to circle back to it. I, I, I work out things in my mind. And so sometimes I'll work myself up into a frenzy to get to, you know, the remedy and, 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 and I'll employ a different practice I'm later on. Because yeah. you're just like every, you're like all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. you know, we're, that is not, that is not a unique human experience. It is uniquely human. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. all human beings do that. Do this. Yes. Yeah. And so I, uh, like I mentioned before, I run a ministry. It's a homeless and addiction ministry. Uh, we go out and, and, and we uh, share the gospel to you know homeless people and, and addicts on the streets, especially here in, in Phoenix. Fentanyl is abundant everywhere. Fentanyl is a drug. Um, We've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, and if, yeah, I don't know. Do you have to be, you might have to be living under a rock to not have heard fentanyl. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and now it's it's pretty much national. At least in the it's United not. States, yeah. It's pretty much national in the United States and in Canada. Um, it's not just regional, uh, you know, yes. in the West Coast the, anymore. The but yeah. North American continent. Yeah, it's it's all over the place and uh, coming from. I don't that. know why I did a weird accent when yeah. I said that. <laughs> uh, we can talk about the nature of Satan and in, in, in the implementation of these things too, as well, and why you know um, you know drug dealers actually have a market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's another episode, right? Yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah, um, and so. Uh, we got the idea of interviewing people. It's a very hot. So your ministry is called Cups of Cold Water. Yeah, Cups of Cold Water. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, and we're actually blown up. It's yeah. actually um, going really well yeah. as far as our YouTube content goes. And so we wanted to uh, do interviews to get to know the, uh, these people. And, uh, you know, like they're, you know, a lot of the times, you know, the homeless disposition, whether in uh, addicts or not, or whether they got themselves in that situation are, are forgotten people. Right. And, and you're part of what you believe mm-hmm. so strongly. And one of the things that I associate with you is mm-hmm. this 
idea that God gives us in scripture of being image bearers. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, doing that's that is how I'm struck immediately by all of the mm-hmm. interviews that you've done is that like right. there's part of a great part of what motivates you both you and your partner James mm-hmm. who's out there doing it. T- you guys are doing it together. Um, want people to recognize that I capitulate, uh, capitulate everything to that. Uh, I make it submit to that because I do believe, well, obviously the scripture says that. And and if you're a believer, you believe this too, or should that we are made in the image of God. Right. And that Um, makes us what? Invaluable. Yeah. uh, Seriously, without estimated value. Now we've corrupted that nature and we need to be reconciled to God. You need to know that, because of your sinful nature, if you've defiled a lot of what right. that means. And so Jesus helps us reconcile into that. Right. We always say, find our identity in Christ. And that is true, right? Um, but what does he bring out in you? And so you need to know that you're made in the image of God. Well, the image of what God? Yahweh. So find out about him. Right. Um, and and so and that will make sense, right? So I'm trying to communicate to that. You are made in the image of God. You're worthy of love, dignity, and respect. Right now, you're not walking accordingly to that attribute. You're actually rocking accordingly to the person that I just described in Scripture, Satan. <laughs> um, you, you're talking yeah. about like some of the addicts that you interview. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, addicts will uh, put themselves in pomp too as well. They try to justify themselves by uh, some kind of virtue that they hold. Like what? Can you give an example? Uh, sure. The, uh, a lot of I statements will come out. I'm this. I'm that. I'm like, this. Like what? Um, like, uh, um, you know, uh, they will say themselves, um, I'm the most important person in my life Very or gran- grandiose. Yeah. If I am, I need to be for me and not against me. Um, and, uh, or they'll put themselves up above, you know, and they'll, they'll gain that prideful virtue They'll elevate that uh, scripture will say, um, about you, but it's always from the overflow of the whole counsel of God and the image bearer of God. So I go, that can only make sense. What you're saying is if you understand your substance in general. Right. And in order to understand your substance, you need to understand the corrupted nature of your substance, which is sinful. And then here's what Jesus does. He brings you back to that garden moment where it says it's very good. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, and then you're going to be battling against that old corruption and that uh, that that new creation. Uh, well, sometimes the battle is so intense, and yeah. sometimes I feel like you don't feel it. Mm. I, I ebbs and flows that way. It's weird. It, it, the secular world experiences this too, right? Sure. Because um, you know, human beings change. You know, um, right? And there's bad behaviors that even you know, atheists or secular people are like, oh, I want to change, right? Oh my and, gosh. And let's just say they accomplish that behavioral change. Well, how much do they have to actually fight against? those old habits, you know what I mean? Like that is a part of people that change. The wages of sin is death. He told Adam he was going to die. We don't live very many years anymore. Um, Of course uh, we change because we're going to a box. We're going to the grave, you know, things change and progressively change. This is what Christ has said is that you have eternal life standing now and that you're, you're changing, but you're being sanctified. Right. It's a different kind of change. Right. So it being made into the image right. of Christ. So when we change our behaviors, it's actually in, in form of sanctification, not just necessarily I want to be goal oriented. Right. And it's right. not by our own power. Exactly. It's by God's it's power. It's a supernatural kind of changing, whereas right. the world is just what it's the way that I like think dying. about it is it's fickle and it's vulnerable and any change in weather can cause it to topple down. Mm -hmm. It's not based in conviction Mm -hmm. that any objective conviction, Mm -hmm. right? And it's only relying upon self. Right. This is why we need the gospel. And okay. So I I know it's a a long lead into what (laughs) we, uh, why I bring this topic up in the first place. Cause we were talking about, you know, an anxiety over a particular situation about this ministry that I'm doing. Well, so yeah. So we, Nick, before we started recording today, um, shared this experience with me as an, it took me a while to like catch up and find where you were, Mm -hmm. like what you were illustrating. Um, but I like as an illustration for what, what spiritual attack might look Look like like for someone in fact i'm actually going to read his comment too as well so uh, let let me uh, let him set the stage right remember we were talking about image bearer god i don't want you to forget that in in this okay well and so and again i i like that we just kind of did a pause and so the point of this whole sharing this whole well we hope you guys like our stories anyway but the point of sharing this is 
in order to practically discern, right, Mm -hmm. what's happening Mm -hmm. in your life, Mm -hmm. it's helpful to know how something like this might actually manifest in a real life situation. And Nick just had happened to have one Mm -hmm. very, very recently. Right. Um, And so we thought it would be good to share it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll I'll prepare this. Uh, And so there was small bout of anxiety in here. Um, I come from a world of performance, right? Uh, I, 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 I did comedy, acting. I loved writing. I like to perform in front of my friends. Um, and I got pretty, I got pretty good at it. Um, naturally, I'm a good speaker behind a pulpit too as well. This is the design and grace of God uh, that he's given me. And he's uh, um, not empowered me, but glorified himself which fulfills me so that I can do it. You see how I did that there? <laughs> when the world would say empowerment, I go, no, no, I'm fulfilled by the glory of God. That's why I can do these things. I, my confidence is in him, mm-hmm. and here's what he said that I can do. Well, and I do the work yeah. to his glory. Yes, uh, amen. My, my boast is always in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. Strike me down mm-hmm. if, I, if I ever boast in, uh, boast in uh, myself. But I am also a sinful being. <laughs> And the heck you I do interviews with homeless people. I get their stories. And of course we interject with the, uh, the, the scripture, even when we're doing the interviews, we spend about an hour with them before and maybe even an hour with them after. Right. What you guys see in the videos they post is just a snippet. Not holistically what we're doing out there, though we make allusions in the interview that we've done these things. Mm -hmm. You just don't get to see them. And, um, this interview I, I, I thought went great. And there was a, a young lady that I was interviewing who was saying a lot about her life that, well, I went through mm-hmm. as an addict. And then also she was saying words found in scripture without even knowing that it was in scripture. She said, you know, I need to be for me, not against me. There is something that is for me. And then it's got to be something that is against me. Yeah. She related to it to herself. Well, really new agey kind of in her thing. Now you can see the personification of Satan always appealing to pride, right? So in a sinful disposition where you're fully immersed in that sin and addiction is idolatry, right? Yes. So you're worshiping a false God who's actively killing you. Right. No wonder you're going to come out and say things that sound like, what a true righteous deity would say, right. <laughs> but, but it's centered around self. Right. And so I had to interject right when she said that I actually smiled when she said, I was like, well, that's Romans eight because God says who, you know, if he's for us, who could who be, against be against us? us? But you see what you did. You used yourself in that, but God says, no, I'm for you. No one can be against you. So not even you or anybody else, but you have to put your faith in God. Okay. That's the short story right there. And she actually thought that was profound. She's like, I didn't even know that. And I go, yeah, so you you didn't know that was in scripture. I bring it up. I put it in a perspective. So this can't be a coincidence. I always use those kinds of things. Right. right? And um, I go, this can't be a coincidence. This has to be providential. And she's like, I've never thought about that uh, that way. Thank you. That was just using the scripture to illuminate the fact that, yeah, what she's thinking, she's missing the mark, but she's on the right track. Right. She's made in the image of God, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then all of a sudden, I post this video. It blows up on YouTube. Everybody seems to be enjoying it. Blowing up. But then there's one guy. Blowing up. (laughs) We we have a uh, a vastly secular audience because this genre that we're doing is is pretty, uh, it's blowing up, right? It's it's not huge on YouTube. People are voyeurs. Yeah, but it's uh, every state seems to have one or two people that are doing this and we're just one of them in Arizona. There's actually three out here were uh, uh, included in that. Three. Oh my gosh. Have you run into the other? No, no, we haven't ran into Are them. Are you going to have a turf war? I've ran into you people do? that know them, but not. <laughs> Are you going to throw down like in West Side Well, Story? one guy I enjoy, the other guy I don't. Okay. Uh, let's just say uh, say it that way. <laughs> no, but you have to ban- like dance battle. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I hope the home was better boy, than you. Boy, yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. boy. Okay. But I think that the, we are the only ones with a Christian worldview that is doing this in uh, Arizona, at least. Uh, um, and not homeless ministry, but okay. interviewing you people. You just mean people in general. Yeah. I thought you were meaning the Christians. No, no. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a very, very popular genre right now that a lot of people are doing. Interesting. Uh, whatever motivation that they have to do it is, is their, their, their own reasoning and their own motivation. Um, but it just seems to be getting views and showing what's going around on their community, which isn't such a bad thing. I don't, yeah. I like, I don't watch this stuff because it like tugs my heart. So my mom can't do it either. It yeah. like, <laughs> I think what you're doing yeah. is just so 
Well, I showed you a, a little yeah, bit yeah. of the uh, of this interview, and you're like, I know, oh, and poor that. baby. Oh, like, oh no! Oh, oh, so go to cups of cold water at YouTube.com/slash/cups. That's plural. Cups of cold water. Yeah. Um, dot com, and then you'll uh, you'll uh, you can you'll watch see the that. Video, yeah. yeah. YouTube.com/slash cups of cold water. And so all of the, in this interview, all the splendor in this interview, and we were we were really really satisfied with it. This guy comments. Okay, and I'll I'll read you his comment here. This is pretty cringe content. <laughs> you are doing the right thing, but badly. When you preach religion on an addict, they are only going to lie their face off <laughs> in defense. He spelled defense wrong. Do you expect a prostitute <laughs> to straight up open up without payment? Meaning she was already accusing, he's already accusing her of being a prostitute. And guess what? She never said that she was. But she might be. There's a lot of mm-hmm. what we'd call sex workers nowadays, but prostitutes uh, out there. What you're saying yeah. is he made some assumptions. Yeah. Because she didn't ever come out and say. And he, and he might be right. We already, uh, She was doing her makeup and, and getting ready to do things when we when we first got there. Mm-hmm. So he's assuming that I know what he knows, kind of thing like that. And we do. <laughs> we do. But we're not going to poke that bear with a stick. If she doesn't mention it, she doesn't mention it, dude. It's not that she's lying to us and all of a sudden we believe, you know, <laughs> you know anyway. like that. We know not 90% of the time people are like, <laughs> okay. you see how worked up I'm getting already? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Now, now the, the latter half of this is with respect, you look like a joke to this person. They are treating you like a tool and they are right to do so. If you want to be taken seriously as interviewers, you need to be less naive. Let them relax, allow more scope uh, for their own story in their own context. These are people who uh, whose lives have been destroyed by liars and manipulators. You're one of them, by the way. Uh, be more <laughs> investigative and less preachy. There, uh, uh, there are Christians out there who do this, uh, th- uh, this thing much better, and they never got anywhere shoving the Bible down people's throats. Uh, this is like the evangelii argument for everything. Yeah, I don't know if this person's a Christian or not. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I don't either, but that is like, it, yeah. you're doing it wrong and you're not being like yeah. respectful. You need to have a bake sale and then mention of, Jesus. Of people's feelings. <laughs> yeah. And, and this woman actually that we interviewed found her, uh, uh, she found her own video yeah. and she goes, I love these two. We would totally, they did a great well, job and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we would <laughs> welcome your feedback, but I watched it and obviously I'm not, objective because i'm you know i love nick we've been friends a long time mm-hmm. um but i didn't hear or see anything <laughs> like that what this commenter mentioned mentioned um but anyway that's really not the point the point is yeah what the point is that that comment got underneath your skin it did um this parallel to it's not satan himself but this is no, what no, we no, talk no, about no. spiritual warfare creating Discon- uh, a, a, a disunity. Dis- discontentedness. Yeah, because, you know, what did he say there? There are a lot of Christians out there. What does that sound like? Well, Satan quoted scripture. Right, right, right. This right. guy quotes. There are other people doing this way better than you. Yeah, and, and they're, they're like, Christian, and, they're and Christian. you're not. Yeah, yeah. You're just a Westboro dude. You know oh. what I mean? <laughs> did and you really take that from no, that? No, I, I didn't but, even read uh, that. Here's the thing, because I know that the government or the secular world cannot differentiate between us and Joel Osteen or us and Westboro yeah, Baptist Church. Yeah, I guess that's true. And that's a whole nother and you don't even have time to explain that yeah. without looking like an idiot. You know well, what I mean? I mean, <laughs> you don't... <laughs> face to face, he would never say that to me because it's easy to get my response out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, Now, you see how rapid my voice is right mm-hmm. now. And you see this. I'm doing this on purpose to show you that, hey, it was very much more heightened when I was alone off the mics and in my house and no one was around. Right, right, right. By yourself. It, it, that guy can make a Christian man swear. Like lost <laughs> in the bad neighborhood of right. your mind. And so he goes, respect, you look like a joke to them. Mm-hmm. Now I come from comedy, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, I was supposed to look like a joke from audience, not in this, but right, the, right, right, but right. when an audience wasn't laughing, oh yeah, I looked like a a clown mm-hmm. instead of, a, a, and and that's that's insecurity. Yes. So it pricked that insecurity, pricked that pride, mm-hmm. pricked that, uh, and I had to go through scripture and go, you know, and just battle against that. Now maybe that's what I should have done, and that's what I did do. But man, it did create a lot of anxiety. Now. Not for an hour. Yeah, yeah. For about 15, 20 minutes until I forgot about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a lot of comments that experience hate. But this person was very crafty in his words it, until he spelled defiance wrong. 
uh, or defense. <laughs> but uh, uh, and now I'm slamming him, right? Because he can't spell. <laughs> but uh, and I'm also putting a, a male attribute on him because I don't know why. But this seems like something that a dude would say. Oh, maybe. Um, um, but uh, who knows? Um, I don't know. I don't know his name. His name. I don't know. I don't want you to find him. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, and, and and it really got under my skin, and then starts. Uh, I start to question whether or not he's accurate. Right. Not about the Christian part. No, no, no. It starts to poison. Well, yeah. wait a minute. What was my motivation? Right. Right. Like yes, exactly. And then all of a sudden, I go. Well, he goes. You're a joke. You're naive. Uh, you're not a good interviewer. You're doing the right thing, but badly. Mm -hmm. Those are categories that, first of all, got under my skin to my heart's mm -hmm. identity and disposition. And then very cunningly, he, he, he paralleled that with what Christians actually do. Mm. Right. Which actually touches what uh, uh, my uh, my religion, my my uh, what I hold to be sacred, the immaterial part. So now my physical and my uh, immaterial parts are starting to get ripped up about, uh, by this guy who has false assumptions galore, and he's speaking like Satan is not even knowing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, I start to get a little more anxious, and <laughs> I want to yell, I want to scream, I want to impulsively reply to this guy no, and no. actually be the fool that makes him wise in his own eyes. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I yeah. left it alone. And Doug Wilson is really good at this because it's not and like he can't, uh, I can't throw a zinger back, but I didn't, no, no, no. you know. So what like does Doug Wilson do? What does he practice at? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, he, he's really practiced at breaking down things. Well, and, and not then, taking it personally. Yeah. And not taking it personally. He, so what? Like, and even he has said, I'm not perfect in this realm, no. of, of course. But so yes. like what I said to you when you talked to me about this was... When you went out there and you were actually doing this interview, mm -hmm. your heart was in absolutely the right place. Mm -hmm. You didn't have any doubt. Mm -hmm. You didn't question your motivation. You were doing it for love of neighbor mm -hmm. um, and lots of variations of love of neighbor mm -hmm. really motivating you. And you mm -hmm. do. You sacrifice so much for this ministry mm -hmm. that people will never know about because mm -hmm. you will never tell them about it. Right. Um, and that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And the minute that this like person who, because of the semantics, the way they worded this, right, became a qualified critic for some reason reflexively in your mm -hmm. mind, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now, wait, well, what was my motivation, yeah. right? And in that moment, you went from, like, I'm doing this out of love for neighbor, obedience to Christ, to now this is about me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, we all do this. Yeah. We do this. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. Right. It isn't. Right. And... I, one of the other things I offered was that I think, and you guys should totally comment on this, Nick offers a really neat perspective in the interviews mm -hmm. because he sounds much more like a therapist would mm -hmm. in conducting an interview than some than a news anchor or journalist might. Right, right. Um, and you can pick that up. It is different, I mm -hmm. think, than maybe what you might hear. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that. I think it makes it unique, mm -hmm. right? And I clearly, in this particular video the person you are interviewing responds really well mm -hmm. to it. So yeah, let Nick know what you think. <laughs> well, coming from, you know, an awesome therapist such as yourself, well. even too. And so you're puffing me up too as well. Yeah, you don't <laughs> even know it. But um, but that lets me know that, yeah, uh, I'm actually doing the work that God called me to do. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, need to, I, I need that perspective. And then right. you also give me some really good criticism or critiques or advice. Let's just say advice. And you said, you know, if you're worried about whether or not that your interviews are good, don't listen to the Satan part of right. it. Right. Get somebody that is for you. Right. Get somebody that is for <laughs> to you. To constructively critique, somebody and then you, you could go from there. Right. right. To right. get to look at some of the videos right. that you've done and to give you some honest feedback about your right. content. Not this rando mm -hmm. who, like, what on earth automatic, what yeah. it qualifies him? I love this conversation. To a right seat at the table, you know? <laughs> yeah. This um, is, this is going great. Anyway. And, yeah. and, and so I bring that up because you can, you an audience at home that is listening have encountered many things like this. Maybe not, in right. the, maybe not in this regard, you know, like YouTube so comments. Like let's, yeah, let's lay this out in terms of like how this could be a form of spiritual attack. Yes. Okay. That's what I was getting at. Right. right. Yes. So, 
you're t- you see this comment mm-hmm. and you are tempted to what? Mm-hmm. Be sinfully ang- angry, mm-hmm. to be self-righteous, mm-hmm. right? To be sinful, mm-hmm. to take it, to over-personalize Oh, and I'm a wordsmith. It. I could have just took him down right away. You know what I mean? Right. I but took his head right. off, you <laughs> so, know? And that's to, what I wanted to, to do. To respond sinfully, mm-hmm. right? Or not. Or not, yeah. Okay, so the spiritual attack would be what? The exploitation of an opportunity. Yes. To tempt you to right. respond in insecurity, respond in fear, respond in anger. Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there was a thought in here. Uh, that thought quickly uh, went as, uh, as quickly as it came, right? right? So, sorry. But, no. Go ahead. Sin divides us from God, right? Like right. That, it's, sep- it's a separator. And that mm-hmm. if that is ultimately our enemy's goal is that separation is mm-hmm. to divide. Mm-hmm. Tempting to sin mm-hmm. is that ultimate divider. Mm-hmm. So... That is how you should be viewing. Mm-hmm. That is a more likely manifestation, I believe, through all of the research we've done in this, of spiritual attack yeah. than than anything mm-hmm. you might associate like with a more Hollywood kind of mm-hmm. be, having a demon actually like follow you around. Right. And that is probably what we most, I mean, especially in Western culture, yeah. would, would uh, uh, encounter more, yeah. right? Um, I think yes. about... Uh, right, please. I'm being very cultural, culturally specific to right, the right. United States. Well, and westernized. Right, culture. and the reason why I say that is because the devil knows his environment as right. well. And so, you know, people that are getting persecuted to, for their faith are experiencing a lot more heaviness. Right. But whatever creates disunity is going to use. And explain. And so, and the reason why I mentioned that is because there was a thought there of, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Because I don't want to experience this much. Right. Th- like, this sucks. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, in Matthew 13, Jesus describes the parable of the, the seeds, mm-hmm. right? And he's actually talking about the disposition of somebody's heart and how much their faith is actually in Christ, right? Um, whether they believe or not believe. And it says in, in one part um, that the, the thorns and the rocks and everything that the, the, the seed has been thrown on get choked out. And then he describes the parable and he describes it as Satan taking the gospel away from somebody when trials and tribulations come, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's destruction. That's chaos. Now, I don't think that there's ever anything uh, uh, that can happen. I know more, more uh, God more now than I have ever had before, and I am confirmed in my election, just like Peter says to do in Second Peter 1. Confirm your election, right? Um, and to apply attributes to your life that you may be um, uh, useful and not useless, effective and not ineffective, Right. So I'm not going to say that Matthew 13 um, applies here, but there is an attribute of Satan that seeks to destroy and to take away what you're doing. And if I enlighten this woman and it sounded like she was even uh, when she commented, uh, you know, on the, uh, the video as well and said, I love these two individuals. They gave me really good perspective. Mm-hmm. And that thought of, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it comes into play then that might signify the fact that I'm actually doing something right Mm -hmm. and that this person is responding really from an evil nature, not from a constructive criticism. Hey, I liked your video, but here's what you can do better because I would would embrace those kinds of comments. Right. Well, it would have been a totally different experience. Right. And people Mm -hmm. have done that. And then we responded, oh, thank you for engaging. I hope that you do that. By the way, love your content so far. Keep going. Yeah, respect. (laughs) Respectful. (laughs) Like, that's awesome. That's awesome stuff. They're engaged and they cared enough to say something and they want to see this. You know what I mean? Like, fine. I, I, I want my audience to to be satisfied right. with what they're watching. Right. Um, and, uh, but this guy, no, uh, no uh, constructive criticism, no nothing, uh-huh. um, a- except a satanic idea that almost caused me to go, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. At least for a thought. Mm-hmm. Now that does sound like Matthew 13 of taking away something um, uh, when trials and tribulations come so that you may not submit to the gospel. Ultimately, if, uh, if Satan cannot get the gospel out of your heart, he will just try to destroy your usefulness in the kingdom. And this is one of those examples. And so that, that came away out of poking at my pride and insecurities and, and things like that. And right. so everybody um, that, is, uh, uh, that has encountered a situation like this knows what I'm talking about and deeply, deeply uh, understands the context of the psychological warfare that Satan can play on you. And it was, it was a psychological phenomenon. 
And it was, uh, like I said, inside of insecurity, inside of pride, inside of anger, inside of fear, inside of slothfulness even. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just too much and things like that. I don't want to labor anymore, right? What did I have to do to combat against that? If God is for me, who could be against me? Um, without, um, without ignoring my responsibilities of also wanting to pursue excellence and do better, uh, but also not taking those accusations personally because they were from a wrong foundation Mm -hmm. just like satan can quote scripture but from the wrong foundation you ought not to listen to him Mm -hmm. right you You get to decide yeah yeah and there you go and so that was a little small example (laughs) it turned into a a very big example but but i loved it i think it was a good illustration of i probably one of the more like daily kinds of things that that you experience could have right as as a christian so that was just a small example or a very big example. Um, and so this is a good actually place to, to wrap it up. We have much more to discuss. And I, know, I, this, I, I can't believe it's turning so let's into three. Do a, yeah, let's do a part three yeah. uh, on this. Um, I, we're going to be launching this uh, week after week yeah. instead of bi-weekly. So you'll get part one one week, part two the right. next week, so part Mary three December, the next week. Because it's going to all be through the end of December. Yeah, through the end of December. Yeah. Uh, uh, spiritual warfare. Hey, that's a, that's a great time to talk about it, right? Really, you know, you know around the holidays. God is sovereign. And, uh, we need to know these. So we had the holiday blues in last uh, uh, year. last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk Give about Give that what, a listen to. Yeah. yeah. Please, that information is still... So let's talk about what who can capitalize on those blues. And uh, yeah. well, and that's Satan. That's, that's Satan. So The NMA. But we love you. And if God is for you, who can be against you, right? Against and, you. and remember, even amongst your temptations, take courage, take heart. He has overcome the world. Love you guys. Love you.